Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. Welcome back to another one here at Born and Raised Audio Experience, presented by Onyx Hunt. This was a fun one. Um, if you guys have not heard of the hunting public or of Zach Fahrenbaugh, you've been living under a rock and uh, you need to get out there and check them out. I've had the chance to chase elk, turkeys, and hopefully some deer this year with Zach. And uh, we kind of go through his experiences in the elk woods. He's about, I think this will be his fourth season now. And uh, all the tactics that cross over from, so if you're a whitetail turkey hunter, how that can kind of cross over into the elk woods and breaking down the terrain and figuring it out. And yeah, Zach's a great human, uh, super excited. He, he's always fun. He's always laughing. He's always got a smile on his face. And he's probably the most positive person that I've ever shared the elk woods with. So hope you guys enjoy. Here's something that you should watch is uh, our newest, our, our, well, I guess, like, let me see. I don't think it's our newest video, or maybe it is, but one of our, well, both really the both the last two that we did, there's a scouting area from the road and then bucks in the middle of marsh. <laughs> the one that's scouting from the road is... Me, Aaron, Jake, and then Ted and Nick were with us too, but they jumped out and filmed bucks in a bean field and just had a GoPro rolling on the dash the whole time. I mean, you would talk about ridiculous. <laughs> you know, you just forget it's going at a certain point. So it's just so much, so much stupid stuff comes out. And like, I mean, you know, I see a buck and you know, just say ridiculous stuff. And then Warb said, you know, then we start saying other ridiculous stuff. It's just, just completely out there. But that's, I was watching it the other night by myself, just laughing my ass off, really. (laughs) I've been watching, I've also been watching though. um, I watched, I haven't finished the 20 kills in 20 minutes, but man, I was loving that. Like, yeah. Uh, it's just i love that fast-paced like action yeah you know? just because yeah, it's there's like no story this literally goes above, above like every filmmaking you know how to make a video like just it's it's horn porn i mean but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's sweet i mean i've really enjoyed i really enjoy watching stuff like that because it's like from from somebody that for somebody that really hasn't watched all that much elk hunting, like in the grand scheme of it compared to like deer and Turkey. And I've been watching deer and Turkey hunting since I was, since I can remember, but elk was a little bit more, um, I guess unique to find on TV, even like you right, find yeah. it was readily available. And then when I was in high school, I started watching YouTube and I, we, we didn't have the sportsman channel or anything or the outdoor channel or whatever. And as bad as I wanted it, my parents wouldn't get it for me. So I'd watch stuff on YouTube 
And I was always just watching like somebody's GoPro on their bow stabilizer, you know, mm-hmm. shoot this deer and then have some, you know, one maybe interview where they talk about it, but, but real, real rough cut stuff. And to be able to watch this like quality footage of elk encounters is, is helpful for me because I haven't got to watch a lot of it and I haven't, I haven't experienced a lot of it myself. I mean, I have a hand, you know, handful of times I've had elk in bow range or close to bow range, but to actually watch the shot, watch how they're coming in, you know, it was, you know, it was crazy. It's like, we start make, making a list about it. I think we take it for granted of like, you know, how many kills we've got on camera. I mean, yeah. no doubt like what you guys have in the white tail and Turkey world, you know, but it was like definitely lower amount, you know, I mean, cause it's <laughs> Elker <laughs> definitely right. like top two. Right. right. And, uh, we were just like making notes, like what we can. And then we just started listing off. And, and then it would like, someone would say something and like, I don't even remember what elk you were talking about. Like not <laughs> like, not out of disrespect of it, but yeah. just, Oh yeah. That time, you know, right. it, was, it was cool to spark a bunch of memories. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's like, yeah. This what, what years was that? Was it, was it 13 or was it even earlier than that? It, that there was did? some stuff before that. Yeah. We started filming in 07. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think the earliest on like that video, there was probably 2010, I think. I mean, we were just talking about that the other day, though. It's like the experience that you guys have with it is so valuable for people and was valuable for me when I got to go hunting with you with you and Wes and Zach. And it's it's just, I don't know, experience, in my opinion, is everything in hunting. I mean, no, it's it's, it's been interesting. So several things for me when it comes to the seminars that we were doing and all these everyone was like what's the magic formula and i'm like there is no magic formula there's no answer wrong answer or right answer to some of these questions and i may i may be faced with the same encounter and make if it was the same deal i might make three different moves mm-hmm. the next time just you know there's yeah i think and, and it all goes back to like what maybe an encounters that year is different than what you've been having. And so you make adjustments based on how those other encounters have turned out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely like no wrong or right. I think the, the one thing that I have held true and trying to drive home to people is like, at least make a decision and own it and like own that experience and be like, ah, oh, man, I screwed up and admit right. to yourself if you did. Or, yeah, I don't know. I think my my big thing is like someone you you work so hard to hear a bugle, right? You're hiking, uh-huh. you're hiking. It might be a day, it might be a week. You finally hear a bull bugle, and then they like, I don't want to screw it up, and then right. they, don't, they don't do anything. Oh yeah, that, you know, like yeah, the bull moved off. It was cool. It's like you didn't chase him or follow him, right? Well, right. Yeah, no, like be <laughs> well, it? No. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know just behind him. well we were just talking about that and in, in I, I, two conversations i had we did a, a podcast about deer sign and you know it's kind of like trying to find that formula where it's like how many rubs do you need to see before you set up in october like 
you know, if there's a oak tree dropping acorns, you know, what is enough buck sign to expect there to be a buck to come into it? And it's like, you know, one time you make a decision to keep moving and it's the wrong one. One time you make the decision to stay there and it's the wrong one and vice versa. Maybe you keep right. moving. It's right. Maybe you stay there and it's right. And then I was just talking to Ben about very similar to what you just said about them. Like, did you chase him? No, you didn't do anything. You just kind of like he bugled and then didn't really do anything. We were just talking last night. We talked on the phone for a long time, probably too long, but like three hours too like long. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll do that. You know, we start talking about elk and then we go over to deer. Then we go back to elk and then we go to deer. And then we, you know, remember that turkey hunt. But anyway, we were talking about some adjustments that we want to make <clears throat> hunting. Um, some stuff in Ohio that we've been learning over the last few years. And like one of the things that we feel like we mess up is just not making that decision and owning it. Like we just, we just can't have the con we're missing confidence there because we haven't been overly successful. Yeah. Him and I both have shot bucks in that area. One with a, well, a couple with a gun. I've shot a couple with a gun. He shot one with a bow down there. And then his brother shot one with a bow down there. His other brother missed one. So like we're having enough, like just enough success that it's like, it's keeping us really interested, but, but ultimately we're lacking confidence. And I think that with any, any hunting that you're doing, it's important to have that confidence. And honestly, I feel like with elk right now, I'm green enough that it's like easy to have just this confidence where it's just like, yeah, he's beautiful. Let's, let's just go. You yeah, know, like I don't, I don't right. have any fear because I don't, I feel like I don't know enough. What ifs yet, if that even makes yeah. sense, which is good. I think that you have that versus the opposite where you like freeze up and be like, I don't know what to do. Right. So you don't do anything. Yeah. Um, well, and I think, I guess I think of it, the one thing that I've learned with elk that's very different than deer and hearing different people's stories and, you know, different people's styles and stuff. The one thing that's just very different is how easy it can be. I'm not saying it always is, but how easy it can be just to like walk right into them. Like literally just, right. you know, you and your, <laughs> you and your whole crew rolling deep, just walk right into a hundred yards from a bowl that's bedded with his cows. Like I find yeah, that very, yeah. very interesting where turkeys it, or deer is not the case. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I feel like, I feel like, um, just in general, that's something that, um, well, there's a couple, there's a couple things that I'd be. I'd be uh, curious. I don't think we talked about this, but there's there's a couple things that I'd like to put into play in my elk hunting strategy this year that I've been thinking about, like a couple adjustments. I'd be curious okay. to hear what, hear what, yeah, your, what hear your thoughts it. are. Last year, there was a couple, um, well, there's several days. So basically how the story of our, our, our hunt went, this will probably be important. I don't know if I've ever told you all, like, I won't go into all the details, but kind of a summary of what happened. So we had to have the multiple areas picked out on a map, but there was really one main um, location, I guess, that we had picked where it felt like we had a bunch of 
options if we went into that exact spot. And we're working our way back in there and Jake, you know, this is what the, this is the positives of having, you know, hunting buddies is like, we were kind of running later than what we thought on the first day walking in. And Jake was like, well, where do you really want to go? He's like, where, what, what, where is it that like you feel the most confident in? And I was like, well, you know, that, that, that spot, like, that's where I feel the most confident. He's like, let's just go there. Even if it takes us, you know, another 24 hours, like, let's just get up there. And I'm like, all right. Cause, because in my head a little bit, I was like, man, we got to be hunting, you know, we're here, you know, I'd already been deer hunting too long in New Mexico. I was hunting a buck and was on him a bunch and was trying to get him and like eventually blew a stop on the last day and like called it quits, which was really hard for me. But I also knew I had to get back and edit to, so I could go at, uh, elk hunting. So we're already kind of running late and I had in my head, like, we got to just be hunting. We got to get, we got to get into the stuff that we feel like could be good. But Jake kept me on track and we went back into the spot that you know, we were the most confident in ended up camping, not quite making it there camping. And up to this point, no sign. Next morning we wake up, we walk up, we start hiking up a mountain and still no sign. I mean, there's some old beds, like small bed. I mean, elk beds, yeah, but kind of like the first spot we went on when I, yeah, 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 yeah really similar. Like, yeah. They've been here, but you know, yeah. And, and, and even at that, there was, I mean, they had been there, but it was like maybe like two months ago, you know, like it was old, it didn't look good. And, you know, you're trying, and I mean, we're wearing ourselves out trying to get to the spot. Like we're, there's five of us, we're hoofing it in there and it's just like, start, you're starting to think to yourself like, man, like maybe this, maybe this spot just sucks, you know? And we start to finally break to where we're getting up on it like a bench and we're all, we're all just about at that point where it's like, okay, that we need to start seeing something. And all of a sudden it just changed completely. Like I'd never seen in the experiences that I'd had hunting with you and, um, in the year prior, I don't know that I'd ever seen such a dramatic change from zero sign to like, this is insane. There are elk tracks and wallows and rubs everywhere. Like not anywhere below that. I mean, and now we went, we didn't take a route that a lot of elk were using and looking back on it, it was thick. It was super, super, you know, gnarly deadfall, super steep. It was hellacious going through there, but we, we did it. And then we get up there and all of a sudden signs just like it's shredded in there. I mean, the amount of, beds and wall i mean like everything it was awesome it was like okay well here in a matter of like hours we're gonna be hearing something there's just no way we're not like it went from no sign i can't stress this enough to like the most i've ever seen in my life it was crazy and that made me feel made us all feel really good obviously because we've just put a bunch of effort into here and it's like okay now that we're here you know we can commit some time to it but we also like, there was a couple other factors, like, you know, we'd walked away the hell in there and we only had enough food for, I think five or six days or somewhere in there, probably five days. And then Jake also had to go back. He had a family like 
family thing that he had to go back for. And then, um, so he was kind of on limited time, but it was like, all right, let's just stay focused and stay relaxed, but also hunt aggressive when need be. Well, we get up to the top, see all that sign. And it's probably like, I mean, it may only be like two in the afternoon and I bugle down into this big drainage and a bull bugles below off to our right and a bull bugles up above us to our left. Well, all of a sudden, like frenzy starts happening. It's our first day back in like the target zone. You know, we've been walking for a day and a half, but <laughs> we're in the target zone now. And there's a bull, there's a really nice bull chasing a cow around some, some you know, a wet area. And this is like middle, again, middle of the day. Meanwhile, the other bull has went completely quiet. We get eyes on the one, he works off. We never even called to him. Now, this is, that's kind of interesting where he was on the other side of that wet and there was just a big walk. Big How far away? He's only, he's honestly only probably three, 350. Okay. But he was on the other side of water. So we were kind of like hesitant. And we wanted to make sure the wind was right. And it's our first, like, it's our first experience. We also don't want to just go like, you know, bombarding in there. We still got plenty of daylight left. So we kind of just don't, I wouldn't say we didn't do anything. We kept moving in and we got eyes on him. But then last we saw, he was kind of working his way, following the cows back up to the north facing, super steep north facing hillside. So we decided we're going to get around the water. We got around the water and um, just kind of hung out. And, you know, hindsight being 2020, we should have went right to where we had saw him chasing the cows earlier like it like i don't know why we didn't we got ourselves in a pretty good spot because we kind of just let things play out i think actually i think we tried to get him to bugle i think we bugled and he did not respond so we just like hung out we knew he was close and he didn't he didn't ever respond but as we started to like make our move for like the last you know i don't know two hours of daylight we started to kind of move down towards where we had seen him well, we see him again. He's down there. We see him, we have cows between us and him. Like cows are almost in bow range, and he's just down in that marsh, marshy bottom, just like just alone. I don't even know what he was doing, honestly, just going back and forth. And he was bugling, and we ended up following him, and he went up and kind of lost him. But it was like, man, there's elk in here, thick. Like I think we're cool to just hang out. Well, we end up going back down to camp down a little bit lower and on our way down the other bull responds we were just sending one off just to see the other bull responds well we go down and we spook him (laughs) we actually spooked it seemed like we spooked his cows and and he went away following them we watched him filmed him and the next morning we woke up and then this is kind of the series of events that I guess is the adjustment. It's kind of what I, what I'm cause, cause what happened the next day happened every single day until we shot one, but we would, we, we went to sleep that night. Jake didn't sleep at all, which is hilarious. Is this the first night like sleeping in elk, in elk country? Yeah. Where we were at? I mean, we had slept there the night before, but we weren't hearing anything. We were just weren't in the sign. And he said that the bull bugled, all night like literally the entire night and when i woke up it was he was just like right up you know just up above us not that far 
And Jake said, he's literally been there all night. He's like, I didn't sleep at all. (laughs) I don't know if that's good for your health, but you know, I'm glad you're enjoying it. So we end up, we end up kind of making a move and, you know, looking back too passive, you know, just playing it a little safe and we were making moves in and he was bugling enough that we were able to keep moving in, but he ended up being in the area he was at all night. And then, you know, a couple hours after daylight, which we had, we were ready to hunt like at legal light, you know, or at the very first bit of light and we were making our moves. But then, you know, as time went on, he started to kind of drop in elevation and he was going back to bed. So we got ourselves in a perch where we were up above. We actually saw him a couple of times, but you know, never nearly close enough for a shot, but he started dropping following cows down in there. So we got up on this perch and again, this is what we did every day. We're sitting there and we can hear this bull bugling down below us. And we're so much higher than him in elevation that we can like point, we can all point at exactly where we think this thing is every time he bugles. So what would end up happening is, is he would bugle a bunch and then it would like, you know, the amount of times he would bugle was dwindling and then it was his bugle changed to where like it was he was doing all these variations in his bugle to he's just kind of going and it's like okay he's right there the last 15 times he's done that he's right there so we can pin exactly that on the map we also saw a little four point jump you know come out of that exact spot it's like okay he's definitely in there so probably you know, we eat breakfast, we're hanging out, we're sitting there on this rock, looking down in there, and it gets to be about 11 o'clock, and we start you're waiting, to drop. You're waiting, to, you're waiting to move because of the wind change. Wind change, and just, like, it was so easy to just tell exactly where he was. Like, he, you know, it's like, he's not really going to get out of our earshot, and if he does, then we can move, but, like, you know, those things are so loud. It's like, it's not like... You know, your scale of how far you can hear them is so much greater than a turkey gobbling. Or if you've just got yourself in that position where you can see all that stuff below you, it's just like, I mean, he can go a lot of places and we're still going to be able to pinpoint exactly where he is. Yeah. So we kind of just let everything settle down and. But but ultimately, uh, sorry to interrupt. So ultimately you're waiting for them to be off their feet, bed down, being a stationary and then make the approach. Yeah. And, I, and, and, you know, and I just want to clarify that for listeners, because mm-hmm. that is one, you know, I hear time and time again, yeah, I got on this bull just after daylight and all he did is bugle and push his cows away. It's like, mm-hmm. well, no, most likely they were, they were, the cow was headed to bed yep. and you, you followed them and then you gave up before well, that's like that's what had happened earlier in the morning you could say you could say the same thing for what had happened earlier in the morning was that he was just pushing those cows away but i don't think it was that at all i think it's like you said they were just moving you know they had been feeding and hanging out up at a higher elevation where there was that marshy area where they had some wet they had just more lush vegetation in that exact spot and then they could drop down you know, into the darker timber. And that was another interesting thing, like where they would bed. And this is again, every day, because we did this pretty much same strategy, like five days in a row. And it was the same, pretty much the same exact story. It's like, 
they're right in the most dense, dark patch of timber. And, you know, it may not always be exactly north facing, but it had some amount of shadow in it to where it's like maybe northeast facing or whatever, but like also very, very dense timber. So we, I mean, and, and I'm talking like can pin it within 50 yards of where he's at. Like we know exactly where this thing is. So we plan a route, we make our way down in there. That takes an hour, hour and a half or whatever. And every time this is, again, this is like the same story every day we'd go in and the bull would start bugling more as we start popping sticks on our way in, he starts bugling a little bit more. So it gets way easier to just continue to ease in on him. Well, we'd get to where we were like, okay, you know, if we go any further, like he's going to see us or we're going to see him and like, you know, really be really getting to be on our toes and we're in like pretty much full sneak mode. You know, we got a group of five dudes, two guys with two guys with bows with camera guys following. And then Colin would stay a little bit back and just kind of, when we would set up, he would make more ground noise where he was in a safe position where he could, you know, make, make sounds sound like an actual elk on the ground, you know? So we get to a point where he's, we're close to him and then we just go in and like, you know, hindsight at the time, I guess I didn't, I didn't even think about it, but I have a bunch of adjustments that I would make now, but we just go in guns blazing, bugling. Like as soon as we get to that spot, we'd made no sounds. And it's just like, Next thing you know, we're like full on, like calling to this thing. And it's one in the afternoon. So what would happen then is the classic story of, yeah, he would. And and maybe I'm reading this wrong, but it's like, hey, I don't really have any means to fight. We've come in here to bed. Like, let's just move on out of here. Now, whether he thinks that believes that we're a real elk or He's like, I feel uncomfortable. This could be, maybe I've seen this trick from hunters. I, I don't know. This is Zach and the THP boys. We got to <laughs> yeah. fail. We got to get the hell out of here. And, you know, I Those think that. Stone cold killers in <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> so we, so we like basically then go into immediate chase mode where they start moving and we start chasing. And, like in the, the first day that this happened, we, I mentioned, we saw a four point, a small bull yeah. leave, yeah. leave that bedding area. Well, when we called and he started to move away, he went towards where that small bull went. So we start to follow. Well, when we start to follow, we called him up and he came up to 30 yards and never got a shot. And, um, you know, I, I remember like at that point just being like, well, you know, it didn't work out, whatever we're on them. So we ended up working our way all the way back up to where we had been listening from that morning. Saw some, actually saw a cow on our way up, just working our way through the woods, just saw a cow set up, didn't really hear anything. Next that night camped up in the spot close to where we'd been the night before woke up to um, look across the valley and saw an elk standing on the hillside and he was a lone bull and we were glassing him and I 
Jake was like, why don't you bugle just to make sure there's nothing closer? Well, I bugle and he responds and he's like a long way away. <laughs> and like, I don't know. This is one of those deals where basically the guy started taking off before me and I have a firm belief. And we talked about it at length afterwards. They know my opinion on it. I think we just bulldozed that thing right over. I looked down there and those guys are walking through the wide open. And I think they, I think that the bull just saw him. So that didn't work out, but it's like, now we have remember, all these. I remember you tell, I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Was, back the, yeah. It was like, I mean, they can't see that well, but also I don't think walking across the open was the right decision. Yeah. Four but. teenage mutant ninja turtles just going <laughs> to the meadow. They're like, we're going to go get you boy. Like, especially after we just bugled at him, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. we've already raised it. You know, honestly, that just kind of made it click. With packs on, you literally look like Donatello Raphael, <laughs> like yeah. face painted up. Like, exactly. You guys are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles of Colorado. <laughs> Why do you just look like such? A, like I feel like you can just look like such a goofball, like walking down the mountain, especially all of you with your big ass packs. Like just you know, like here we go. Uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm gonna use that later <laughs> in life. He cut the heads off, could take a picture, and then Photoshop yeah. Ninja Turtles on the, on their everybody's faces. But the next one, then, so then we moved, and from so from our position, we were able to like work a certain elevation and call down into different drainages. So even though we'd spooked that one, it wasn't that big of a deal. We just went and called down into a drainage, and eventually got something to respond made a move on him. And it was the same story. Like as we got closer, you know, spent middle of the late morning into the early afternoon, getting close to him and just kind of still hunting, sneaking our way into or stalking the bugle, I guess we would just stalk the bugle and then we'd get close and then we'd just kind of go in guns blazing and we'd just start it. I'm not saying we didn't cow call some, but I'm also not saying that we waited even 20 minutes to bugle like we were calling to him aggressively right out of the gate but it's a dance man it's a dance yeah well and so so i'll loop around yeah to to like kind of the change because we were walking out that night and we we, so we had we'd bury ourselves in these holes chasing these things down below us and then we'd go all the way back up to where we could hear and where we could work a certain elevation and listen down so like you know, if you can imagine like a fingers of fingers of drain drainages below us and then up at this elevation, you can walk around the head of all of those. It was really easy to just be up at that elevation and cover ground quickly with the call to locate something. And then once we would locate, it was pretty easy to just like continue to listen to him because we had that advantage on him as far as like being able to hear. So then the next day we went back up camp at the same spot. And there's a whole, there's a whole side story in all this, but I won't go into it. I won't go into that with Colin, with the inReach. Have you heard that? No. no. <laughs> well, lesson, lesson not learned, but revisited. Don't split up. Like we had had a, we had, had we had stopped for water and Colin dropped his inReach or left it sitting on the ground. So it's getting dark. We're going to a camp spot. We're like a spot that we know, you know, we, we, I actually camped there the night before we're going back to the same spot and it's getting dark. And Colin's like, 
oh, I forgot my inReach. I got to go back and get it. So he runs back and doesn't, and he's in the line of dudes, you know, walking in the line of turtles walking through the woods. And I didn't even realize that he had left. I would have gladly went back and helped him find his inReach because we would have just sent us back, what, an hour, you know, whatever. Not that right. big of a deal. Yeah. Well, we get to this camp spot or we get up almost to the camp spot. And I'm like, where's Colin? And Jake's like, oh, he, he went back to get his inReach. He thinks he left it there. And I was like, like, well, I would have went with him. He's like, yeah, I told him, but he insisted that nobody go, that he could go back. I'm like, oh, that's not good. Cause he's not going to find it. I just knew him deep down. He wasn't going to find it. And that was always going to be like a thing that we had to do. I mean, we're, we're obviously way in here, but at some point he's going to want to go back and get his $400 or whatever it is in reach. Right. 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 <laughs> and I know he's not going to find it tonight. I just, I knew it was going to get dark and I knew he's going to, I just, I just knew it. So sure enough, we're all set up camp, you know, got our camp set up, starting to make dinner. And here comes Colin rolling up with his headlamp on. I'm like, you find it? He's like, no. I'm like, oh, you know, it's like, not good because that's something we're going to have to go get at some point. So we end up waking up the next morning and there's a bull bugling within, you know, earshot of our camp. Other direction, though, from where we had been hunting. So we turn and we kind of go start making some moves that direction. We end up getting an eye, getting eyes on him. And that was a beautiful bull. Really nice one. One of the bigger ones. I probably biggest one I've ever seen hunting. And, um, he's, he's, uh, with a couple cows and a spike and eventually watch him dead. And I'm like, well, this is a game that I know like in deer hunting, like, let's just go stalk him. Like, we'll just go not even call to this thing. It's wide open. Yeah. It's like, he's like at timberline. We watch him bed down, see his antlers sticking up. So we make a loop all the way around him. And he ended up, to make a long story short, right as we got there, just naturally got up, started moving, and chased the cows up and over the mountain, like literally up and over. And I'm making hand signals to Colin across the valley because he stayed over where we had spotted him from just to keep eyes on him while we were making this move because we were going to you know, lose our visual. And at the very least... Colin and Roy, we're going to stay back and just keep eyes on him. So this, this is a hilarious thing. We're, we're like, Colin's sending me these hand signals, but I can tell he's doing something, but he's wearing all camo and he's a mile away from me. And I'm using little binoculars. And I'm like, I'm like, I can't tell what he's doing. I can just, it, it kind of just looks like he's doing all kinds of stuff. And this, this <laughs> is hilarious. This is hilarious. And finally I text him and I text him on so Ben had left his in reach with Colin. So I can still, I can text him, but you know, it's like 20 minute delay or whatever. So we're like yeah. sitting here. I sent him a text message. Like, man, I can't tell what you're doing. Like your camo's blending in. I can't tell what hand signal you're trying to give me. Well, we still don't know if the bull's there, but kind of feeling suspicious that he's not just based off what Colin's doing. Like, I don't know, 20 minutes ago by or whatever. And I look back over at Colin. I'm like, oh, I can see him now. Like I can see him with my eyes. <laughs> I pull up my binos and the dude's in only his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, going, you know, like went over the mountain. Like I can tell now that that's a signal. <laughs> so, so, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, we start cracking up at that. So I thought he I, didn't have an in reach. 
Well, Ben had left his in reach. Oh, with okay, 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 gotcha. Okay, gotcha. so then, okay. so then, this is where things got a little weird. But again, I'll try not to go into too much detail. A little it. weird. I'm a He's long already story. half naked. He's already half naked. <laughs> yeah. Hands on top of the mountain. So could you goes, imagine if there was some outfitter camp over there just glassing? Oh yeah. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles now are half naked. <laughs> so the i so he texted me and said hey we're gonna go roy and i are gonna go get this in go get this in reach and i'm like all right well we're gonna just pop over the ridge and glance down in the next basin to kind of see if there's um you know see if we can get eyes on this bull again basically just chase him over there see if we can get eyes so we spend the whole rest of the day doing that like we're sitting up there glass and we see a cow but that was it a lot of good sign down there that we could see but just never saw him again and meanwhile i'm texting or uh colin and like i know they're coming back i know they're like on their way way to meet up with us but as it's starting to get kind of prime time and again we don't have a ton of time like we just don't have a ton of food to where we can't just like stay endlessly, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, Oh, we got to burn a half day or day. And no big right. Deal. We, and we've already yeah. spent five hours at least glassing into this bowl or into this basin. And we end up about five, it was probably about five forty-five, getting dark at seven or whatever. We hear a bull bugle way down below us like way below us and i'm sure i would imagine it was the one that we had seen or you know one the one that we had seen had just moved way lower in elevation we had plenty of time to do it and all of a sudden it's like a frenzy we decide we're going down that's another funny thing it's like i told those guys it's like oh it's only like 400 feet which was like partially me lying to myself and lying to them just so that we would like commit to job. Cause it was a hell of a move. Like we were burying ourselves at, you know, an hour before dark, we dropped down in camp, there and you had camp on your back camp on our back though. And, but we're also like leaving these dudes because they're coming to where we've been glassing all day, but we got to drop now. Cause we don't have enough time. Like yeah. we're going to barely have enough time to get down there. Yeah. As we're moving in, we're walking parallel to a creek and we're running down the hill. Like we're literally running down this mountain and there's two bulls bugling on the other side of the creek. And there's one bull bugling in front of us on our side of the creek. And every single time we stop, there's something's bugling. It's just crazy. Like it's, it was, remember how we had the, the, the one night when it's thunderstorm so bad and it was oh, just madness. Man. It was yeah. exactly like that where there's like multiple bulls bugling. And we're going fast, 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 fast. And it's just like, we should stop. And like, we should be getting close to that one. And he bugles like just out of sight. The one that's on our side of the creek. Well, we make another 10 yards and we see him and he's starting to go head downwind of us. And it was one of those situations. Had we been just a smidge more aggressive and just popped over, I think we might've been able to get a shot at him, but he beat us getting downwind. He bounded out to like, 50 jake was at full draw and didn't didn't shoot which i'm not it wasn't it would have been tough he would have you know at that distance he had had enough arc on his arrow that it probably would have been in the tree branches or been dang close it wasn't worth the risk and we've also got two more bulls just absolutely losing their minds 
So we drop across the creek, get in them, and we're in the middle of a frenzy there. And like there was multiple times bulls would bugle that had them in 30 yards away. Like, like you could hear them walking and just it was so thick in aspen grove that we just couldn't see them. And we're calling and they're bugling back. I mean, it's just, but it's all just like, you know, everything's moving all around us and we just never quite get eyes on anything, but we're always close. But it gets dark. We refill water. I'm texting Colin, trying to meet up with him. We start making our way back up to where we had been glassing from, which was where we were going to meet. And like in the dark, we just couldn't find our way back up. Like it was too steep. Like, and, and we were wearing ourselves out. We were trying to get all the way back up, you know, you know, I don't know, what, 2000 feet. I have no idea. Like trying to climb way back up there. And it's just like, Finally, I'm like, we got to just go to sleep. I'm tired. I'm, 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 I'm stressing about this situation. I know those guys are in a safe spot. We'll just meet them in the morning. So the next morning we wake up and it's it's the same deal. Like we move a little bit from camp. We hear a bull and he's basically right where we left him the night before. And he's going nuts. And he's like, we, and we get to a position where we're on one side of the Creek He's on the other and we're glassing onto that hillside through the timber. And we occasionally get eyes on a cow and, you know, he's bugling, bugling, bugling. And then same deal. It comes less and less. The bugle type, I guess, changes to more of a, you know, like just kind of groaning from the bed. A bedded bugle at that point is what Yeah. Yeah. So we pin it. And again, at this point, we've got so much confidence. We've done this three or four times now to where we've gone right to the spots and end up. So are you, are you now thinking like, I need to change strategy of I'm not coming in like a wrecking ball. Yeah. It's like, you know, just I'm here to fight, get out here, get yes. out here now. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. so, so actually there was one night where we were walking out and Ben was like, <laughs> you know, I guess in this situation with these guys, like I've hunted with these guys, I've hunted elk more than them, like archery elk hunted more days than them. And like, it was kind of one of those things where, you know, that's, that's my experiences. That's what we've done. And we've been successful doing it. I mean, that's what we did with you, but, but it's a different, totally different habitat and, and terrain where, which we can, we can talk about that in just a second, I guess, but, my point is, is we would do that same strategy, just blasting in there. And we're walking out, like walking back up to where we're camping one night. And Ben kind of goes, you know, you know, we've like, kind of like, you know, we've been talking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe we should not go in there. So aggressive. And I kind of like, I remember kind of feeling like, defend you know trying to defend it where i'm like you know well this is what but then i got to thinking i was like well it's not working like you know i was defensive about it at first but then it's like well it's not working so we probably should change what we're doing so we kind of talk about it it's like being in the situation that we are where we know exactly where he's at let's kind of come in here a little bit slower take our time and start with cow call so that's what we did we had pinned where they were been moving around got you know went up to the head of the ditch and kind of circled around i got the wind in our favor because it was coming up the drainage and we start coming kind of down towards him and we're moving towards our our pin where we had last heard him 
and we set up and I'm with Jake and these guys are behind and I cow call a couple times and a bull. Okay. Our expectation is our, our elk that we've been listening to all morning is straight in front of us. And then a bull bugles off to our left twice. We're like, that's kind of weird. So we don't, we don't really do anything. And, um, just kind of hang out for a little bit. And then he bugles the one that we were after and he's in front of us. It's like, well, I don't think he moved, but who knows? You know, I, I you know, at this point we're just kind of like, well, now he's bugling in front of us, like where we thought let's move up. So Jake and I start moving up and we're moving up and keep getting closer and closer. And we again, stalking the bugle and it's so thick in there that it's like, well, this is easy. Like every time he bugles, we just keep getting closer to it. So we get to a point though, where it's like, he's probably 60 yards away. And he's just, and every time we make any sound, he does, he bugles to it. Like just anytime our foot hits the ground too hard. And we're seeing like Jake's, Jake's a couple steps in front of me and he's seeing cows move through. I never actually saw any of those, but he's seeing cows like just standing around, kind of just milling around. Yeah. And it gets to a point where we've got sun, we're in the shade, but we got sun for like five yards. And if we take another five yards, we're going to spotlight on you. Yeah. So Jake, Jake hangs up, he waits and he's like, um, we're sitting there kind of, we're also supposed to be communicating with these guys a little bit more with cow calls, but we weren't cow calling cause we didn't want to draw any more attention to us. Like he's already bugling at us. So all of a sudden these guys start closing distance like quick. And Jake was un- unsure that the elk, or that they knew where the bull was because, because of their position. And he felt like that they were pressure, you know, they didn't know exactly where we were. And he felt like they didn't know exactly where the elk was. So we hear a stick pop and Jake panics and just like dives through that sunspot and immediately elk are running. And I don't think it was the bull necessarily that spooked, but he was yeah. in that group. Yeah, and Jake's yeah. just like, bugle, bugle. And I bugled and he immediately just like lets out this gnarly bugle. So we kind of like, we were going in slow, but then we panicked and it, and it all worked out. But right. we kind of panicked and bugled, which I, I think was what saved it. Then all of a sudden we're it's, in this. Exactly that. Like that bull's responding to what his cow's behaviors were. Yeah. Uh, and then you emulated like that was a bull, like the cows could spook from a bull coming in. Totally. He doesn't know that it's, it's Jake and Zach from THP. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, you know the, I mean? the turtles so, yeah. coming through. Yeah. So we, we, we start battling with him for probably 20 minutes, just back and forth. Just, he's just letting out all kinds of crazy bugles and Ben's bugling, Colin's raking. And, um, at one point, Ben just like through the bugle tube, did just, do I even have one? I don't have one here, but just like the, <laughs> and that thing did it right back. Like it was crazy. The communication that we're having with this thing, like just, just huffing through the tube. Yeah. Like he starts, yeah, he yeah. did that back. It was crazy. So Jake got eyes on him a couple times, but I, again, just being like, you know how it is in the timber, it's like two steps away. I couldn't quite see what Jake could. And it finally gets to a point where it's like, okay, this thing's fired up. He's definitely killable. He's not going to go that far. Let's just, 
back off reposition and we got all day still like this is at this is at one and i back off and i start to turn i guess i go back up the trail and i'm looking at colin and i'm about to tell him like hey let's let's just lay off for a minute and then reposition try to circle at a different angle and as i'm looking at colin the other bull that had bugled two times early bugles and he's like way close he's like like i turn around and jake's already at full draw that close and i get right to where i was before and the bull comes right up and ends up walking to four yards from me seven yards from jake like he was literally closer to me than he was jake jake shoots him he runs three yards past me like i thought for a minute i might get run over i like jump behind the tree a little bit <laughs> he runs up runs up runs around runs right back past Roy and Ben and Colin and just like crashes down the hill. And it was like, like I could see blood coming out right away. Right. When Jake shot him, I knew it was yeah. perfect. And honestly, had we been able to control our, emo- our emotions at this point, I think we could have killed the other one. Had we just got that different angle, but we kept calling to it. We just tapped Colin in and Colin came up to me and we're calling to this bull and he's doing the same thing. Like when he heard the other one bugle, he came closer again to where it's like we may kill two here and i think had we had a little bit more experience and had a little bit more of our wits about us after just like having an opportunity and and knowing we got him it's like we i knew i i knew that that shot killed the bull like there was no question so you know we called to him for another i don't know 45 minutes and then took up the trail and he was there and you know, it was, it was epic, but, but so the thing I'm just real quick, like what yeah. I'm noticing is like you, you, you were going to make adjustments on how you were going to call, but the situation unfolded differently than you anticipated. So you didn't get a soft entry, start the dance. All of a sudden you had to scream at this bull because you blew the cows out. Yeah. Then it's like, all right, we're going to go to level 10.1 right now right because that's the only card left in the deck you, right. you know um and you made that adjustment and it worked out so the formula doesn't necessarily add up to an answer anytime or every time but the experience based on we spooked this bull this is the only move we got left or mm-hmm. it's game over or you spooked the herd right yeah and this is a prime example i think elk can see you Mm-hmm. They can hear you as long as they don't smell you. It's like, doesn't matter on like, I, I you wouldn't say get it away. matter. You can get away with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Where like a deer sees you or here's, here's a weird stick break, like boom, gone, done mm-hmm. game over. And I think yeah. that's the, the mentality that's challenging for a lot of people coming out West that only a deer hunted or only Turkey hunted, especially like Turkey see you mm-hmm. game over. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had them fly from like 400 yards away in an open field, like instantly where an elk's like, what is that over there? Oh, that's the teenage mutant Ninja turtles from Iowa. (laughs) We're fine. You know? Um, So like all the, it's good to hear this, um, that there's really no answer to the, the perfect scenario and how you should go about it. But your experience based on what you had experienced earlier in the week, you were going to change your approach. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think we did to a certain degree. I mean, we definitely started the whole, like the fact that we just cow called and never bugled up until the point that we spooked those elk, that in itself was much slower than what we had been doing. 
Correct. And I think that made a big, I think that did make a big difference in, I do think that actually made a difference. I think had we bugled from the original setup location, which ended up being probably, you know, 150 yards or, or 200 yards further from the bowl, like, I think that we maybe would have made things kind of stir up a little bit earlier because you got to remember too, this is all every day is happening between 11 and one. Now here's, here's where I'll throw you kind of the, the idea that I would like to change and where I say change, but also still do the same thing that I've always done in the different situation. Okay. You look at 2019 where we were hunting in that particular area is solid stands of dark timber yep and honestly like just these big flat benches on the side of a mountain to where you're not necessarily able to get a really great vantage like we were in this other spot that we hunted last year yep i got you i'm picking up there's all of this potential bedding area that's easy for us to work through. So we just kind of go through and we comb that. And that's what we, you know, how we hunted together. It's like, we're on this bench and we kind of go up at a higher elevation. And maybe later in the day, we drop down a little bit lower. If we didn't find anything kind of circle back through a lot of stuff I did in, um, 2019 and 20, both were like that. I had the same expectation to do that the same exact thing in 2021 until we were able to all of a sudden, like always just have this advantage to where we could hear exactly where he was and and see that spot, pin it on our map and go right to it. So if I find myself in that situation again, where I know exactly where the bowl's at, at nine or 10 o'clock in the morning, my thought is, okay, we always turned around and at 1130, we were already going in. And by one o'clock, the whole thing was, you know, blown up or we killed one. Like that's what happened in the five days that we hunted. The thing that I would adjust is why not just sneak your way in there or like give it some time, give it even more time, watch it from a distance. I mean, a lot of these times where we can hear, we can also see a lot, kind of watch it, hang out. And then, maybe at more of a prime time, like four instead of one where the cows are starting to get up, you know, they're starting to kind of get up and move around for the evening to where it's like prime time, just like you would hope for with a deer hunt with a whitetail hunt where they're kind of moving naturally. Then you still got time. You still got three hours and then you go in and you play it slow. You start with the cow call, see how he responds to that. If that's not working or eventually you start to build that situation up, if you need to and continue to build it up, but you still got three hours where we would go in at one o'clock with like, Oh, like worried about like, why would we be in such a rush? We know exactly where this thing is. If we play this right, we should be able to get him. Honestly, like when you know where bull elk is like right exactly where he's at, you know, you can play that. I mean, he's given away his location. We're not even locator bugling this thing. Like we know he's there because we've listened to him all morning. And that's, to me, that's different though, than like this location that I'm going with Grant this season is there's tons of really big, dark, flat timber that we're going to be 
cat road shuffling. We're going to be walking yeah. through bugling because we're not going to be able to get in a high point and listen. We're not going to be able to bed one right up. It's just going to be this big, vast area where there could be elk, you know, kind of scattered throughout. If that's the case, then I'm going to probably play that, you know, walking to bugle, walking and bugle and walking and bugling a little bit more than, you know, in a position where you basically bed one. It's a, it's almost as good as getting a visual on a bedded elk is what we were doing. Yeah, it's like, so, it's that close. So that's an adjustment I would change. But what, what's your opinion on like the timing? Uh, I, I like the midday and here's why when you start going in there and you're wait, you know, like maybe you hold back a couple hundred yards and you're like orbiting, not orbiting in the sense of 360, but you're, you're hanging out in the zone where you're hoping that they're going to get up and start milling around. Now all of a sudden, maybe that bull's got six, 10, 12, 18 cows. Now you're starting to play the mix of all those ears and eyes and noses. Mm-hmm. And then you, what, what can happen is like a lone cow or a spike's going to just start doing his thing. And all of a sudden he's the one that's going to blow out. Mm-hmm. And it's in, and, and at that point, if they smell you games over, even mm-hmm. though like they all didn't smell you a lot of times, it's like they, they spook at a different rate. Like when they smell you, it's, it's like pack up shop. And yeah. Go, go to the next town. Yeah. Where like they see you, like they might run for a hundred yards and then be like, God, you know, was that a bear? What, you know, like, <laughs> right, just, right. you know, they just didn't know. Mm-hmm. So I like the mono mono midday madness, like trying to be one-on-one with them where it's mm-hmm. like, everyone's bedded, everyone's comfortable. He knows where they're at. There's not. And then it seems like four o'clock, five o'clock rolls around. Satellite bowls are up on their feet. Like, you know, they, mm-hmm. they're tired of getting, having to chase old Roscoe off so many times trying right. to sneak in the back door. Like, so he, there's a lot more distractions for it to try mm-hmm. to, if you're going to try to call him in. And two, I think stocking, I'm not a good, I'm not one in timber that I feel comfortable like stocking because a it's, lot of it's, times it's, it's, it's oh, open I, enough. It, I mean, most stuff that I've been in, it's open enough that there's, and it's always, it seems like your approach is coming from above a lot of times into mm-hmm. a bench. And it's like, you can't see, but they can see your yeah. type of yeah. movement, you know, where it, it's yeah. a challenge. Um, now here, here, what I think is if you are moving, and then this is the question I get asked a lot is, okay, you got a bull located. It's been, you know, exactly where he's at. He's bugling every once in a while. Do you bugle your way in or do you sneak quietly? It's a trade-off. Like it, it depends on like the threshold of that bull that do, if you're bugling your way in, that bull may just hold that. He might get his cows up and there might be a buffer that 200 yards that he's like going to keep you at versus, you know, if you come in silent, you can't all of a sudden just like crank the old amplifier up, you know, hit the yeah. guitar and just like wake it. You, right. you, you have to start that dance. And I think that's, that's the tricky part of it. You know, it's like slip your way in there. You still be an elk, but not like this challenge. You can't just come in there, challenge bugle at him and just be like, all right, sucker. It's, 
ding, 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 game is on. We're going to fight right now. Mm -hmm. Like he's got to get amplified to the level that you are trying to be. So I think the play there is like working slowly and just start building that excitement with him Um, or curiosity at that point. Like you may not need to bugle, but all of a sudden there's this cow that comes in and you got to go with what got you there. So if he like starts responding to these cow calls, like ripping on the sound bite and an estrus call, like don't all of a sudden think, Oh, he's fired up. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge him right now. Like, right. Chances are that bull's coming to like, he'll probably get right. to that cow call. Like, right. you know. well, and that's something, that's something that we're in, in the flip side though. Like, you know, my experience prior having been in that darker, flatter timber where we're just cruising, you know, walk a hundred yards, bugle, walk a hundred yards, bugle. When he does respond to that, that's what he's responded to. So we keep playing that game where in a different situation, like last year where we know he's there, you know, I think the cow calling is something that I just totally underestimated because I just never really had used it that much. I mean, had used it like obviously like when you were calling a lot that first year and even when i was calling on the one that i ended up killing that that season there was a little cow calling mixed in which he was responding to but you know i was feeling like it was everything was so dependent on that bugle that i just kind of threw the cow call to the side and said well this this is kind of irrelevant and I don't think that that's necessarily true. And I just, you know, I, I think, I think you're right about the time in the middle of the day thing. I think I'd probably try it again, especially right out of the gate. Like if it's day one and we find ourselves in that same exact situation as last year, where we know right where he is. I think the biggest adjustment that I would make out of the gate is just how aggressive we would be right out of the gate. Give it cow call for, cow call for, 45 minutes. Like where's the time crunch here when it is one o'clock in the afternoon, where's the time crunch? You know, there is, there shouldn't be one. And I think that that's for whatever reason was a part of our problem was we're always just worried about getting, you know, getting to the next thing, making sure we were being aggressive. So that way we weren't wasting any time. But it's like, if you know, he's there, why not just be patient with that situation? Let it play out and just, you know, I, I guess, I guess not just bombard him when he's already bedded. And I think, I think that that can work. I think anything can work. Every situation is going to be different because there might also be a situation again, where if I was just with one person and like, let's say I'm just with, with, uh, Ben or, or Jake or anybody for that matter. But it's like, if we're moving through the timber and he keeps bugling like that and it's pretty thick, like there might be a situation where I would try to stalk in and like, yeah, for sure. And like, and I think especially the, here's my take. Like if you've had an experience already with this bull, you know, it's the same bull. You, you had an outcome that wasn't like what you wanted of that bull coming in. There's, there's tactics and it's like the call stock, right? Is, mm-hmm. is the caller stays back 300 yards, 400 mm-hmm. yards where he's answering every single time. Yeah. And then you go into ninja turtle ninja mode and slip in there and <laughs> Donatello is. Yeah. You know? well, that's something. I mean, honestly, that's a situation that I feel really confident in. It's like how I like to deer hunt and how I like to turkey hunt. And, you know, 
it seems on, um, I should, I've never done it. So I like in the technically got in for a shot. I've never done it. But like, with that being said, I just, I just, uh, do feel I think like you can get, I think you, uh, I mean, just from what I've seen, your ability to sneak and all that, I think you could straight up, uh, kill on that tactic mm-hmm. and elk, I think are easier to stalk than a deer. Yeah. Um, I think you can, you know, that's it, what I was kind of getting at is like, I shouldn't say that <laughs> I shouldn't say that because I've never done it. But like, you know, when it's you versus a bed of deer, it's like, versus especially a, a, a bull with a couple cows or a lone bull himself would be ideal but it's like the situation i told where we saw the one bed right at tree line and we could see his antlers sticking out like we knew where his cows were we knew where that spike had bedded like the spike ended up going you know 400 yards or so down the mountain from him and we knew where everything was we knew how the wind was playing out in that situation and it was like dude we're about to kill this super big bull just by stalking him and i i think had we not been so far far away that's always i mean you go into a whole bunch of detail about stalking strategy like how far should you be when you stalk? when do you start moving in if he's on his feet do you move you know and like in that situation we were blasting him from about a mile away but we could see the most there so it's like if we start to cut distance we're going to lose the visual and then if you don't know exactly where he's bedded, so we needed him to bed before we made the move. That's what we felt like. And we couldn't get any closer, yeah. but, but if you could watch him, if you could watch him dead and be 600 yards from him, I mean, now we're talking a legit chance to get tight enough. And, you know, maybe the next time he beds up there all day and doesn't make that move. But for whatever reason, he started chasing the cows and they, cause we hadn't called, we weren't calling, you know, so just on a total sidebar talking about stalking, like I witnessed South Cox in Nevada and like, he's always been my idol as far as backcountry mule deer guy, mm-hmm. deer guy spot and stalk. And I always thought, you know, like deer beds down, you want to give them some time, let them get comfortable, sleepy, you let that sun get on them to where they're just like, I'm just laying here misery, you know? No, he, it, as soon as that deer goes down, he's in a good spot. He literally, the buck he shot, giant 20, you know, 25 inch inline five by five, ran from the top of the mountain down. He dropped 1,500 feet, made a move. And I think he killed that buck from like 20 minutes from the time he left. Like, I'm not kidding you. Like, uh, the most impressive thing I've ever seen. But he's like, if they're in a good spot, and you have like he literally ran yeah off the mountain. i see that's and... that's because you told me that i i think about that a lot exactly you've told you told me that story in 2019 and i i think about that a lot and there's there's definitely like if you get a deer you get an animal in a position that you want to make a move on it it's like you want to get there. You want to close distance quick. And then they're like, it's, it's, you know, we talk about all these different strategies and it's so situational. I hate, I hate, I hate that it is for the sake of like, well, I do. And I don't. Right. Cause it's kind of fun to just always be dealt with. Like you're dealt with a hand, just like you would in cards. It's like, you're dealt with a hand. Now you got to figure out how you're going to play that hand. And I just yeah. think that, you know, in some situations it's like, bust ass across there get to that spot be in position to make shot but then in another situation it's like 
you know, you're going to get hung up at 60 yards and maybe that's all the further you go and the deers or elk or whatever still bedded, you don't have a shot. It's like there's a certain point where you got to maybe be patient too, but it's all situational because then how's the wind going to change? How the other eyes, you know, eyes and ears going to be affect the situation. And it's just, you know, it's, it's very, it's very, but I, but I definitely take that into account the, the running thing yeah. because when I, when I shot that buck in 2020, um, in North Dakota with Jake, we, we busted it to as close as we could get, but we had high wind. So like in that situation, it was easy. We ran down the hill, got down to the elevation he was at, crawled really fast across the open. And then once we got into the little zone that he was in, we pumped the brakes big time and just hung back, eased our way in that last little bit because we also had lost location on him. But like, you know, it's just so variable because on the flip side, it's like if you're dealing with a spot where especially mule deer seem to do this, at least in videos that I see and in my experience hunting them, is they'll get themselves in this position where like it's really easy to cut a whole bunch of distance. And then it's like they're just laying on the like other side of a rock or like on the other side of a big terrain feature and they're just buried in there. And it's like, if you get them in a spot where it's easy to get close, do it fast. Cause yeah, the worst thing that can happen when you're making a stock is they get up and move. And then, especially if you've lost, you, you lose your visual on the stock. So it's all relative. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I gotta uh, go. I gotta go I'm, here. Real I, soon. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm, uh, I'm getting hit up on Slack by the team. We've got to call and got to, got to get this done. But Zach, I absolutely love talking to you. Yeah, man, me too. Adore hunting with you. It's some <laughs> of the best times I've had, honestly. Um, I'm just pissed off that we don't have anything finalized that we're actually going to spend some time together this year. Yeah. Um, but guys, um, just listeners, if you are under a rock and you haven't heard of the hunting public or <laughs> Zach, Farinbaugh, the man, the myth, the legend, go check them out. They're on anything and everything, social, YouTube, podcasts. I don't know. You probably have an OnlyFans. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's in the works, dude. It's in the works. It's in the works. Um, Yeah, I just, I cherish the time spent with you and talking to you. I, I, it was, it was cool. I think today, like we had no plan on how and what, but what I got out of it, I think a lot of other people can get out of it is um, stick to the game plan until you need to make adjustments. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, a, a big takeaway for me is um, there is no right answer. Just make the, an- make a decision at the time and stick with it and adjust is on the fly. And well, um, the thing that I would say to it, one tip I would give to anybody that is elk hunting is like, especially new to it is, is just go get in their grill. Like there's, there's, yeah you have to be in the zone you have and to I would be say the same thing with bubble. turkey you know really it's yep. just like that's my style it's just like if they're giving away their location stalk that you know hunt that get in there tight and then make those make those calling you know base your calling adjustments based off the situation you know a little bit but but to me it's just it's just be aggressive go get after them they're not as easy to spook as a deer so breaking a stick isn't the end of the world. And I think that that would go a long way if I was, if I was new, you know, going into my first elk season, for example, or even my second, third, it's just like, you can get away with a lot of things. So be aggressive and just make that decision, be confident in it and have fun. 
Yeah, I love it. All right, hey, brother. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on. I also enjoy spending time hunting with you, talking with you. It's a blast. So I yeah. Yeah, it was a great time, man. Yep. Um, so yeah, let's stay in touch and uh good luck. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. All right, yeah. All right see you, brother. See ya.